He shoots, he draws is sponsored by the Westcott Rapid Box Switch. Isn't it time you made the switch? Do it today at www.fjwestcott.com backslash switch. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design with your hosts, Glenn Dewis and Dave Clayton. We're back. It's He Shoots, He Draws. It's me and Glenn once again. Thank you for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining us brand new. We've got a cracker if this is your first episode. <laughs> Glenn, we certainly tell have. Who- Tell them who it is and why it is. Yeah, this is a uh, well. It's kind of timed around the when we got that fiftieth episode in. We just so happened to be going into London because uh, Joe McNally and his wife Annie Cahill they were over in London. They've been doing some workshops and stuff. And Joe kind of gave us a shout to say, "Look, I'm in London. Let's catch up." And I never thought I'd be saying that, that Joe contacted us to say, do you want to come and meet up? But Joe did. He got in touch saying, do you want to come for a beer? So we met up with Joe and Annie in London, went back to their hotel, into the bar. And whilst having some drinks, we recorded an episode. Yes, there was some lovely ambiance of a bar. There were people clip-clopping past in high heels. There were barmen having very loud conversations that I was glaring at them the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But it was nice. We got to sit down with Joe and Annie, and it was nice to actually hear a lot more about Annie because we tend to spend more time with Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, you know, Joe and Annie both come from a photography background, and it was interesting hearing, hearing Annie's background, how they met, and it was just a nice, relaxed chat. And, you know, it's... uh. You just get to a point with people, you realise you're taking up their time and we could talk to Joe for ages, but it was a nice, really, really comfortable episode. We were actually joined at the end by Mark from Last of Light, who yep. came in and sat down with us. But um, yeah, it was just, we can't really say too much about it. I'd, I'd rather you just listen to, to them than us. Yeah, it's great fun. It was. Uh, I'm so happy that we're kind of at the stage that we've got this relationship with Joe that where everybody just feels relaxed and comfortable. And that's what you're going to hear in this particular interview here. We just literally just, it was a four-way chat asking all sorts of stuff. And Joe was his usual, just brilliantly open, honest self. And and Annie was as well. It was just lovely. Yeah. So uh, I think probably the least we say about what we talked about, the better. This is just, it's just quality Joe and Annie. This is brilliant. Yeah. Enjoy Joe and Annie. All right, so we are in. I'm recording now, mate. <laughs> we're off. We're off. We're off and running. Uh, we'll do the intro afterwards. Yeah, of course. Are we right. live or is this a recording? Uh, yeah, we're streaming okay. live on YouTube as we speak. Okay. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> all right. Just checking. No, we've yeah. got about a five second delay for me to get the bleeps in quick enough. Um, all right, so we are in. We're in London. We're at the Marriott Hotel, and I'm here with Dave and two very special guests, Joe McNally. And Annie Cahill. Thank you. Hello. 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 How's it going? <laughs> it's great to see you guys in yeah. London. Yeah, again, um, meeting up again. So, yeah. Joe, you kind of uh, obviously on the podcast before. Our first repeat guest. Our first repeat guest. We want to celebrate our 50th episode, 100,000 downloads with you as our first repeat uh, guest. Cheers. Uh, cheers. And we have a rule now that when we've interviewed someone, the second time they're on the show has to be face to face, not through Skype. So, we, we knew nice. the timing was perfect. When you said you were coming over, we were like, We've got F Joe. So we just need to sort out some guests in Australia now as well, don't we? Yeah. That's what we need to do. (laughs) So it's a bonus to have you both. Very honoured. Very honoured to, and congratulations to you guys. 100,000 downloads is a tough thing to do. That's fantastic. I spent hours just constantly playing it. 
Right. That's right. Children. And you obviously have That's a very right. big family, both of you. <laughs> well, I, I kind of I think it's great that obviously Joe, you're going to be back on the uh, podcast with us again, which is fantastic. But Annie. It was great yeah. that you're here. You're here to be on the podcast as well because we don't get to hear much about you or hear yeah. from you. So I'm kind of in the background, so I appreciate the uh, invite. So Joe may be taking a bit of a backseat. That's we totally don't. fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Can know I have about another that, beer, please? Yeah. I'm just going to take a back seat here and get pleasantly hammered while my wife, as usual, carries the train forward. So for those who may not know a great deal about your career, do you want to just tell a few people kind of your background but also getting to the point where how you and joe became to be together go for it honey all right i was gonna say it before we before we officially hooked up um (laughs) 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 eventually married um i was an icon tech rep for 12 years and then um i went to work for adorama for about three to four years and then i joined the studio uh, roughly about four years ago, I think at this point. About four years. Yeah. So now um, I started off as a photographer, obviously, and then um, certainly when I was at Adorama, I was director of their um, digital imaging department, and then I learned more about marketing and had a lot of other responsibilities there. And um, at, here back at the studio, we really needed someone to manage the social media yeah. and marketing. So uh, it was kind of the perfect opportunity for me to join the, the studio. And um, for Joe and I to work together. Yeah. So that's kind of But you do in, in have a, nutshell. a photographic background. So you were saying, we were chatting earlier, when you'd worked at the, you were at the Olympics, which is kind of where Yeah, that's Yeah, that's where started. Joe and I first met in uh, 2000. 2000 in, in Sydney. Sydney. Yep. So I was working the counter for, for Nikon because I was one of the um, tech reps yeah. for Nikon US and got sent to the Olympics and um, met Joe. And we weren't, you know, we were kind of friendly, but I didn't really know him that well. And then kind of after that, we met uh, again at a workshop. If you want to. Sure. Yeah. No, we, and we, Tell about you know, that. I, when I saw her in Sydney and we got to know each other a little bit, I was, you know, obviously, you know, quite enamored, you know, <laughs> um, also was completely uh, aware of the fact that she was totally out of my league. But then by one of those mysteries of life, you know, she said, yeah, and we have a cup of coffee and we met at a workshop again. Uh, yeah. Rich, Rich Clarkson had these workshops out West and, you know, took a couple of hikes together, got to know each other a little bit more and, and, uh, eventually, yeah, romance blossomed. Yeah. But I, I told Dave, you did a very important thing. Joe actually got me upgraded on our flight. Home. Oh, I did say, I said, so what was his move though? I mean, obviously that was his move. telling you, mate, can you go and tell yeah. Can you go and have a word and see if, you know, let her know, like, oh, my mate fancies you. <laughs> but so I said, what was the move that made you go, he's the guy? And she, oh, yeah, he upgraded my flight. That's huge. Yeah. For a yeah. frequent traveler, yeah. that was huge. That was major points. Well, I worked as Delta agent hard. I mean, he was like, he wasn't supposed to do what I was asking him to yeah. do. And I'm like, dude, come on. I've, I've got tons of points. I'll, I'll pay you cash. I'll look. And he's like, no, I really can't do it, sir. I'm like, look, come on. You got to shoot me a solid here because I'm really, <laughs> yeah. really into this, this lady who's in the back there. And if I get her up front, she's going to think I'm all sorts of studly. Yeah. You know, and he finally caved. You I know, say, looked at you and looked at her and gone yeah dude I've got you covered yeah no it's like it's like he's looking at me like this guy needs all the help I can possibly give him you know 
and I got Annie upgraded, and she was like, okay, well, you're not just another pretty face, huh? Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so in the beginning, when you're obviously both coming from the same background, you've got a career, you've got a career. Yeah. How much of that was able to cross over at the beginning, or were you kind of working apart and coming back That's together? Um, one of the main reasons I ultimately left, I mean, I loved my job at Nikon. Yeah. You know, being a tech rep was a great privilege. You know, I met amazing people, got to travel, uh, got to teach. You know, I, I still love teaching, uh, but I was on the road yeah. all the time. And then Joe was on the road. So we really were, were struggling to actually see each other. So um, I knew I had to make, uh, I, didn't ha- I, I didn't have to make a decision. You yeah. know, obviously we, we talked about it. I was the, the most likely one to make a change and that's when the opportunity at Adorama came up yeah. and it was a great you know opportunity for me it was a challenge you know uh, and that's in New York that's yeah yeah, th- yeah. so they're at, uh, obviously a very large camera store in, in uh, New York City and it was a, it was a great opportunity but I think the beauty of uh, where we are right now is because I additionally had the background of marketing yeah I got to you know get up to speed with social media during that stint uh, in addition to you know, photography, you know, was a nice compliment to where we are right now. Yeah. So that actually worked out really well. And it's good to market a thing you're already familiar with. Exactly. Because I know I've yeah. come across people who want to do marketing when I've, I've always worked in marketing and people leave school and they say, I want to do work experience. And you say to them, well, what, what do you want to do? And they, they just sort of go, well, it just sounds like fun. It sounds like, and I love my, I mean, Glenn knows, I love all the admin. Yeah, yeah. I love the social and the email and the stats and everything. Yeah. To, but to know the industry and do the marketing must be really helpful than just hiring a general someone who's sold beans for 10 years and coming into yeah. to photography it's a completely different thing yeah. Annie's being a little modest too about her time at Adorama she, when she came into Adorama they asked her literally to create the professional division at Adorama Adorama had always been known as kind of a you know a good camera store but mostly yeah. for amateurs and this and that and so they really looked to Annie to spool up the and create a professional division and the the things that accrued to her there were uh, a whole bunch of marketing know-how you know and and at a certain point we were like we could really use that at the studio yeah you know and so when when she joined the studio I was running the Instagram account you know haphazardly at best you know oh nice picture here this yeah. is cool whatever and our following is about 30,000 or so you know and Annie just came on board and she's and she said no you have to focus i i still do all the writing on on my social media i do my tweets my blogs all the writing is is done Mm -hmm. um you know by me yeah but the thing is what annie did was orchestrate it and direct it and focus it so we jumped in the four years that she's been here from thirty thousand on instagram to like plus two hundred thousand wow yeah we're 212 right now yeah so all and organic so i mean yeah, all that's yeah. you know. obviously um you know we're, i'm very you know proud of that so. we, we've so. talked a lot about social media on this podcast it always seems to crop up and yeah. i don't think i'm wrong to say that every time it crops up it's always like a negative kind of thing to it and i know we uh-huh. we briefly spoke about this before we started recording sure. and saying it's kind of one of those things that you, you have to do these days because yeah. if you're not you're going to miss out but I want to kind of get this one out if we can beforehand. What yeah. about the social media side of things? Clearly, you've had an impact on it with working the way you are. Yeah. 
but what is there about social media that you love and actually love? Let's get that out yeah, of the way. Love and love. And love. love. What, do you, what do you love about the social media sort of things? But is there anything in particular you think, yeah. I wish it wasn't like Has this that. really helped the business or is this just kind of a, we have to now set time aside to do it? So. Well, I mean, for me, it's actually been a lot of fun because I get to look through Joe's archive and I get to actually see more of his work that I would have never seen before. Mm. So um, I enjoy that. I enjoy sharing, you know, at least, you know, we, we talk about pictures to, to share and coming up with ideas. And I, and I love the interaction, you know, from people. So for me, that's, that's really wonderful. Yeah. So that, I think that's a very positive, you know, um, aspect. Or when we do an event... You know, to get the feedback right away yeah. from workshops and things like that. So yeah, that's, we've that's been watching you bonus, while so. you've been over here, kind of living it vicariously through Instagram stories. And yeah, and that's uh, I, I, I definitely love that part. And is, sure. is Instagram like you, you go to? Although there are the other platforms, is it Instagram that you mainly focus on then? Or right now, it's Instagram and Facebook. So um, certainly, I think Instagram because um, it's a photographic platform. Yeah, that I mean, that's, you, it? yeah, I think it, it's it suits us um, and. We really needed to build there, so that was my main focus. I think it's, it's also a platform where um, you can potentially get hired. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, art directors Uh-oh. aren't really Portfolio. looking at your Facebook and your Twitter, but art directors are patrolling Instagram. Yeah, and we've gotten some nibbles on jobs. Yeah, for sure. Nothing hasn't com- nothing's completely turned the corner yet, but we're we're verging on it. I, yeah. you can feel it, you know, and and that is kind of fun and cool. Um, and the other thing for me as a photographer, too, uh, you know, the publications I grew up with, uh, you know, they're gone. Mm. Yeah. Or the, the, um, the younger, hipper publications aren't going to hire me right now. They're, you know, they're, they're looking to a younger group of photographers. Yeah. So for me, who's been an assignment photographer uh, his whole life, uh, it's kind of fun because I get to publish. Yeah, like if I'm going to go after an Instagram, I'll actually pursue it. I'll be I'll be really committed to trying to find a good photograph yeah. and shoot a good photograph, or push myself extra hard in a workshop. Or the other corollary to that is the clients we do have, which are still very powerful. They're more commercial than they have been editorially. Sometimes seek us out because of the in- yeah. Instagram or yeah. the social media presence. Uh, for instance, we did a series of ads for Epson that really were. Tremendously helpful to the studio. Uh, good projects to work on. I think we did five of them in a row. And I know Epson, you know, knew that we could shoot the pictures and were happy to work with us. But one of the other components that attracted them to our studio is that we did have a good social media tribe. Yeah. Mm. And when we did a, a little background video and put it out, they were like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Put it out there. It helps amplify the client's mm. message. Yeah. Because I was going to say, in your industry... Because you're reliant on being booked. So I know we've had a conversation before. I think we spoke about when you, I think you had an email through where somebody wanted to hire you for, was it like seven, 700? It was, it was a, a really, crazy amount. Wasn't yeah, it, it was yeah. like a really small amount. And it, was, they, it wasn't that they, did, they didn't know who you were. You were just, they looked in the yellow pages yeah. for a graphic studio. So have you found that the Instagram thing is, even though in the photography world, people know, probably know you and, and know you for, through Nikon, um, do you, are you finding a new audience? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, much younger, yeah. you know, audience. And, and that's kind of where they're, um, that's where they're looking forward because they're on their phones. So they're yeah. flipping through it, you know, and if something catches their eye, you know, then they'll, you know, 
most likely click on your portfolio. But yeah. that's kind of like after a couple swipes, they kind of get a sense. So that to me is also pretty interesting in yeah. terms of the it's new audience. It's kind of like audience, Tinder so. for photographers, isn't it? <laughs> Swipe left, swipe right. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all, there's also a measure of validity to it. Like I, I work with uh, dance a lot. I, I, yeah. I photograph dancers. And so having that online presence or Instagram and a website, et cetera, you, I, I've done this where I've, I've ended up, well, I have a couple of extra days in a location. So I look up the local ballet company, and yeah. I've done this in the past, not so much anymore, but, but uh, are there any dancers who might want to work with me? And so I can point to my website. I can direct them to my website so they know that I'm legitimate, I'm valid, mm. and there's credentials there. I'm not just yeah. some, you know, creepy guy who wants to photograph a young lady dancing. You know, yeah. it's like I've, I, I am a dance photographer. I've been a dance photographer for over 30 years. Is there a dancer who wants to work with me? I'll pay them professionally, mm. and we'll work something out. So there's this extra sort of like stamp of approval you can get yeah, yeah, through definitely. the brand that you create. And a lot of that is about social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I know one thing I want to ask you, and we've, we've already kind of touched on this again before we were recording it. You said it's yeah. something that people are always intrigued about with the two of you. So let's get it out there now about the two of you working together. Yeah. All right, because people, you know, people, you, <laughs> you always hear that, you know, when you your glass breaking and the <laughs> tables turning over. When couples end up working it's together. It's a knife actually near, near Glenn right now. Okay. <laughs> it's either a good thing or it's going to be a bad thing. Clearly, this is a good thing. Yeah. But what, what is it like working together and how do you yeah. find that you're getting the balance? Because I know one of the things we spoke to Joe about last time was the work life balance. And how how difficult that can be, but how how does it work? How do you get it to work? Because obviously now the great thing is, I mean, for someone like me, if I'm going away, I'm travelling. I was saying earlier on that I kind of sometimes just, I don't want to travel. I want to I want to be at home with my wife. Sure. You folks, you're working together, so you are inevitably going to see each other more often. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a good thing, and and I'm um, being a com- very good thing. completely honest about it. Um, we were friends for a while before you know um, we started dating, so I think that's important. And I think we're just very blessed that we're very uh, we're very much alike. We have the same kind of temperament. Um, we teach well together. Yeah. Um, we have fun together. We just do, and uh, it's not overly complicated. For yeah, and that's. I don't know. We're pretty goofy, actually. And so it just, yeah. it just works. A, so. We find a release like that, you know, like here in London, you know, we, we've worked really hard, but we've also had just some wonderful time seeing friends and, and relaxing, and we don't need much, you know. We, we're not uh, the kind of folks who go on vacations with lots of other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we work together all, all year long, and here we are on vacation, and it's just the two of us. Yeah. You know, because we really enjoy each other's company. And, there, you know, there's, there's tensions that come up, you know, in terms of, like, I'm gone a lot, or um, there's deadlines to meet, and we're like, ugh, you know. And social media, you know, sometimes I'm grumpy about it. I'll yeah. be straight up with you, you know, because Annie is running the social media, and, and she's like, okay, we need, we need, no, we need to get this done this morning. Yeah. I, I, I make lists yeah. and I have, and I have deadlines. Yeah. So that, That's yeah. good. But you need yeah. the order. And then you get things like, oh, I've got to meet those two guys in London. And, yeah. No, darling, just do it. Just grit your teeth and get through it. It'll be like two hours. Yeah. But no, we're also, yeah, we're enjoying, I'm enjoying cider. So it's all good. Yeah. It's, so. it's fun. And so, um, and, and also the big pressure point was the fact that we weren't seeing each other. When she was at, at Nikon and she was at Adorama, 
now she's here with the studio and she doesn't travel all the time yeah you know i'm yeah. i'm i'm the one who's still logging most of the travel but she can come with you know it's there's she doesn't have another entity that she has to respond to or yeah. who is regulating yeah. her schedule yeah. so, that's, so that's, that's a really great thing and uh, like you said because you're a studio a finance studio is you are all an expense to the studio. So, like, if you were to travel everywhere, that's yeah. an expense to the studio. Oh, absolutely, so sure. Part of that, yeah. that management, but also, sure. also as yeah. well, I guess it's, it can only be a positive the fact that you you both have the photography in your lives. Obviously, you did Joe and you did Annie anyway before yeah. you kind of got together anyway. Because yeah. one of the things we did talk about, I think Joe, when you you kind of like gone off to do an email or stuff like, we were talking with Annie, sort of saying about the fact that. In most relationships, where there is one person within that who is the photographer and they're going off, they're traveling or, or they're photographing people of the other, the opposite sex and it can cause issues maybe. The fact that the two of you understand the photography world and it is just photography. Exactly. Then yeah. that can only help, can't it? Because, I mean, we've yeah. kind of, I mean, Dave, we, we've kind of mentioned, we've explained it in the, in the past before now. And I don't, know if, I don't know if it was a conscious episode or what, but I know that my portfolio has become more male heavy than female heavy and I think that might have been in the start when I first started out photography mm-hmm. I, was, I was conscious of how my wife would feel with me going into a studio photographing a good looking woman or a woman that's got a great physique and how she would feel so I think I made that conscious effort not to do it but we yeah. were saying that you don't you've never had to feel like that because you yeah. understand it's photography and that's it yeah it's yeah. it's always been the case you know especially that I started off in photography so uh, it's always just been completely professional yeah and, and I know that and I think I just have that very important insight. And you said you were part of a group of like you and 13 guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I worked, you know, with the rest of our tech course. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just never been an issue. Yeah. And that's, that's been it's super also important. A so tremendous amount of trust. Yeah. You know, tremendous amount of trust. And, um, yeah, it, it, like just as an example, you know, this last uh, couple of days at workshops, we were with this lovely young lady here in the UK, um, Amber Tutton, mm. and she's kind of like sort of locally, sort of well known. She yeah. works at workshops and this and that. She's a beautiful young. She's a kid. I mm. mean, yeah, you know, uh, I don't mean to call her a kid, but you know, and uh, Annie and I both adore. Her. You know, and so, you know, there's just none of that kind of like, oh, she's pretty or she's, the, you know, we, we both support what she's trying to do yeah. because she's kind of taking the bull by the horn. She's one of this younger group of women who are using Instagram to create their own modeling career yeah. and avoiding the agency route which can be really perilous. Mm. So she's really controlling her own fate. And we both support that tremendously. If we can help her out, we yeah. will collectively. She adores Annie. Yeah. Well, I think the important thing for me too is there's no um, jealousy on my part. Like I, I truly appreciate beautiful men and uh, or women. Oh, thank you. Thank so you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Extremely beautiful men right in front of me right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that also um, makes it you know different for me where there's 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 no jealousy there. I, yeah. I really as a photographer, which is good because he's I, an absolute stud muffin. You know, yeah. well. It is actually why I did marry him. Yeah. <laughs> really so, I'm, I'm extremely superficial. Just to, but yeah. but yeah. also, too, there's, there's the element of trust on the set. Yeah. Because when I have my wife with me, and she is, she's, uh, Annie's really good with uh, styling and helping out, we helped out uh, a 
gentleman in Los Angeles. He was he uh, was a student and is a good photographer, and he was doing a project on um, the drag scene in Los right. Angeles. Yeah. yeah, and these guys would come in and they would completely transform into their female persona. And once they are in that female persona, they are female. Yeah. That, you know, that's the way, that's their identity. And Annie was out on the set styling them and helping them, et cetera. I'm helping with the lighting and the photography. So we, we, we just have that sort of approachability. And I think that comes from, you know, the male-female thing. You know, we're both there. We both have different instincts. You've got both but we're bases both, covered, haven't you? Really? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's a nice compliment. And it also was so. fantastic for me because it was the first time oh, I ever, ever saw my wife stoned. Um, <laughs> and, and please explain, yeah. Joe. So. Yeah, please okay. do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Annie's never smoked a, a cigarette, never t- taken a and drag of anything, ever. Never. Okay. But we were on the set, and there was this drag queen, and her persona, she called herself uh, Lady Sativa, or Queen Sativa, and, it, and her whole uh, uh, drag persona was wrapped around uh, marijuana. Hmm. And, and she was on the set, and she was just smoking blunt after blunt. And Andy's got pretty sensitive lungs, and I was starting to get worried because I was starting to feel the smoke hmm. in my lungs. And so I said to Andy, I said, I'm going out in the hallway. And um, I just need to breathe some some fresh air. She, she comes yeah, out. Man. <laughs> give me some. I'm really where, give where me some chips? snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she comes out into the hallway, and I said, "That smoke is really bothering me. Is it is it getting to you at all?" And Annie looked at me. Her eyes were like rolling around in her head, and she and she looks at me. And goes, "I feel fine." <laughs> and I'm like looking at her. I'm like, "You are high." <laughs> I've never seen and you stoned like, before. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I couldn't be. No, I'm not. I didn't smoke. Yeah. It's hysterical. But you are definitely floating. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So don't worry. I'm going to go down and get some chips and some chocolate chip yeah. cookies and mm. I'll yeah. bring them and right you back. you stay here with the dragon. <laughs> it was hysterical. But we do, we do enjoy each other and people enjoy us as a team. Yeah. I think. And then interfacing with us. We both have different instincts. Annie's much more organized than I am. I'm sort of a bit of a loose cannon but we somehow get there yeah you, you know compliment we, we each complement other. each other yeah i find, think i said you should finally get very protective about the, the models as well just getting back to that model thing sure yeah. you you do kind of get very protective about because i was thinking because obviously we've been seeing like dave says they've been seeing what you've been doing while you've been in london and you've got you know very attractive woman there being photographed and you've got a group of people with you yeah. do you find that you're kind of like you're extra kind of uh, almost scanning the people you've got Sure. I mean, I, I have to say, really, for the most part, it's 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 not an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but yeah, definitely, you have to just to be professional and um, and make sure that any model, male or female, yeah. um, is respected. You know, that helps to have me on the wings doing that mm. and to just be on yeah. the you know ha- have an eye on uh, the situation. I, you know, o- I always tell people too when it, when we when we are like in Santa Fe for a week long workshop. The very first day, I said, look, here's the drill. In my classes, nobody touches a model unless you ask their permission. Yeah. Male or female. If you want to adjust a wisp of hair, ask permission. Yeah. If you want to adjust a, a shoulder line or, you know, a bra strap or something like that or a, yeah. educate them into a position, all fine, ask permission. It is unbelievable sometimes. I, I've certainly seen I think you've commented on before when... We've seen people who are, maybe it could be at an event or something like that, when they've got a model on stage with them. 
and they sometimes you can see them get treated almost like a piece of meat and oh, they've got yeah, their manhandle them say, they pull this they pull that you see models oh, being man. treated and I know one of the th- big things when I followed you is the thing I always love about watching your classes is you say the photography kind of comes second to the relationship mm-hmm. the photography happens because of the relationship so whether it's a, a model or a CEO or a dancer you always seem to you won't do anything until that person feels comfortable and then that gives you the ability to work with them over and over again but when they see that relationship with you the people around you then respect the model as much as they respect you whereas we've seen photographers who literally like won't even know the model's name it's just purely stand there do that get that and then like get out of the way I'm going to do this next and that's just yeah not a good way to work no no, No, it just isn't it's awful you have to be you have to be patient, forgiving, approachable, decent, kind, fair—all those things—and the reward is a good set of photographs. Because if somebody's comfortable with you, or uncomfortable, you see that through the lens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also, I mean, I think what um, what's important for us, you know, certainly watching Joe work or our team, is to to then, especially people who are starting off, they then see how really appropriate you know um behavior you know should be in terms of even like you said even asking a model's name but even Mm. making sure checking in do you need any water do you need a break do you need something to eat you know just really common courtesies and then we always reinforce it saying okay so when you leave here again just make sure you obviously you've learned some photographer beat you've learned how to deal with the person glenn used to treat me like crap when i modeled (laughs) for him it slapped me it take me around the back and it hit me with a Yellow pages so they I wouldn't bruise. Oh, You'd yeah. Go out there and perform. Yeah, the rubber hose. Yeah. 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 No, no bruising. Yeah. Smart move, Glenn. <laughs> but we've got some great shots. We're yeah. still talking. We are. Yeah. We're still talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this year, just getting back to the, the, the workshop side of things then, obviously we're coming towards the end of the year now. Christmas is around the corner. Mm-hmm. What has the last year been like then for the two of you? I mean, has it been because uh, workshops and, and, and kind of like work you hired for? What's what has been like? Actually, what the highlights? What's been the highlights this year? Hmm. We've had a good year. I mean, yeah. I'm much more relaxed at the end of this year than I was at the end of last year. You know, because we kind of turned a bit of a corner. You know, at some point I can't even remember when, or you know, things kind of accelerated and we did well. The um, the interesting thing about our studio is the public face of the studio is very much about uh, our presence in the industry, social media, workshops, teaching, a lecture uh, appointment or something like that. But underneath of it, sort of off the radar, a little bit anyway, is we are shooting commercially. And that may be actually a smaller time commitment, Mm. but it's a bigger yield financially to the studio, and that's what the studio really runs on. You know, um, and we love the we love the mix. I actually, I've said this before. I'm having more fun as a photographer now than I think I've ever had. Uh, even though a lot of the traditional kind of publications and whatnot that I grew up with are no longer really as powerful as they used to be, this is a whole new world, and I'm kind of intrigued by it, and I'm having fun with it. So the mix of things we. We, uh, we do workshops, we do lectures, we work together on social media planning and programming, but we're also shooting. And we sell prints, we, you know, yeah. we have a, a, a representation in galleries. And it's this mix of stuff that's sometimes vexatious because it keeps you so busy, but at the other, other end of the spectrum you realize it's keeping you alive. 
Yeah. And it's invigorating. What do you enjoy the most out of all those things you mentioned there, then the workshops, the, the shooting, there's lectures? What, what do you think? I would love doing that the most, if you had to say one thing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still a shooter. Yeah. You know, I'm still a shooter at my core. I still feel a thrill uh, when I connect with a photograph. I still do. I still do. And, uh, and the technology, like, you know, uh, I'm a Nikon shooter. This new mirrorless camera came out. It's a whole new page. Yeah. So now you got something new to learn. You know, that's the pace of it now. It's crazy. Yeah. You know. And it comes I, in really handy with that flip screen when you're photographing things you shouldn't be photographing. For instance, today in Parliament, <laughs> yes, where um, Annie looked at me and I was definitely, I was literally a bull in a china shop because we were at the, uh, at the gift shop and I said to Annie, well, there's this golf thing here that our, 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 our mutual doctor... Um, this is in the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, inside in the gift shop. And so he said, yeah, we should get that for our doc. He's a big golf fan. And then I thought, well, let's grab a couple of coffee cups. And they're all balanced on one another. And then he's like, careful. And three of them come tumbling down. Luckily. <laughs> I, like I got two on yeah. my fingers. And I managed just to cradle the, the other one in my lap as I'm kind of leaning against the wall. And the guy at the cash register did not say a word. And we were just like, I was smiling. I was like, oh, everything's okay. Everything's all right. He was just... So angry, he just was he not. Was angry. Yeah, yeah, he was angry. Yeah, he was angry because if he'd smashed them, he just made three, three lots of mugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he put them oh pre- precariously up there, knowing people would knock them down. Thinking I get sales for those, <laughs> yeah. and he just caught everyone. <laughs> so it was this hysterical like day. We were <laughs> clicking away a, a few pictures. We probably were in areas where we shouldn't be photographing. I almost broke an entire display of coffee cups. And I think they were relieved when we left. Actually, <laughs> I think so. they you know, you know. See ya. It was eventful, yeah. <laughs> so from the traveling side then, obviously looking at the, the past year, do you still kind of look for places you'd like to go and see if you can manipulate work that way so you can kind of get the trip? Or do you kind of just take what comes in and go, okay, we need to be, need to be in this place? On both? Both, yeah. yeah. Well, like yeah, Romania, you explain yeah. Romania maybe. Yeah, Romania, Joe had a speaking engagement um, in Romania uh, last year. Yeah. And we both went to Bucharest and fell in love with Bucharest. And the both of us kind of looked at each other and like, wow, like, let's figure out a way to come back to Romania because we wanted to see more. Yeah. So that definitely happens. So that can target something like, yeah, that's cool. That's an interesting new place that we can go. Yeah. You know, that's fun. And you're still learning. You still learn from new place, new environment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Always. One thing we were talking about earlier was um, you're quite well known for being up high and being outside. And there's always a shot like I'm, I'm up here photographing the guy changing the light bulb on top of there or here I am standing. That risk taking side of what you do, because we've said before, when with particularly professionals, is you kind of look at their lifestyle and go, well, it must be all right for him. Everything just lands on his plate. You are one of the most hardworking photographers we've met. Um, mm. We can see on social media where you're going. But when it comes to yeah. the point where the danger comes in, do you ever kind of go, seriously, you, you want to go and climb to the top of this thing? Or are you just thinking, man, I love getting up the top of there? Because I, I haven't got a fear of heights. I've got a massive fear of falling to my death, though. 
<laughs> but that's logical, yeah. Dave. So that's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely mean putting on my my spouse hat. Yeah. Um, when Joe wants to climb things, or I remember a nuclear reactor, I was not um, happy, happy about too. that because I'm like, listen, buddy, you come home and you're going to be glowing. You know that also <laughs> affects you know things at home. So, um, no, I I. I do get fearful, but I also we kind of have this mutual agreement where I would never say, "Hey, you know, you can't do that." I yeah. can worry and be anxious, but if I want to do something that's that involves risk, Joe's not going to say anything to me either. So yeah. that's kind of. Well, you're talking to somebody who's been to racing school. She drove open wheel cars in competitive situations, and I actually she hadn't done it for a long time, and a big Christmas gift was it three years ago I think I gave you was yeah, two more time. sessions in open wheel cars training at Lime Rock uh, when which you is say a, open wheel cars what's like um, not well, Formula no, no, no. One it's not but Formula One it's just that uh, well actually the, this recent one was not open wheel Formula Dodge that's what I did many many years ago yeah. but I love I love cars so if I want to do something that involved Riz Joe's not going to look at me and say hey you can't do that yeah I'm kind so, of thinking it's like in my head I've got a picture of the kind of cars that people like Sterling Moss would have driven in the in the you know years ago when you got almost like a cockpit that you're in, and then the wheels are kind of it, it, exactly. It's a, it was an H frame, so just low to the ground and basically not much of a of a car, but nowhere near what Formula One yeah. you know is today. But this was a very long time ago. So, so come on, I, tell us more I about that. Like so how did you uh, <laughs> how did you, how did you oh, go God. from a racing driver to a photographer? What? <laughs> to be to be clear, I wasn't I wasn't driver. It was a school, but I was a. Um, I was a I, I love photography. I took that in school. I got into publishing, but I was also um, I also did writing on the side. Yeah. So just um, very you know quickly. So I, uh, in addition to my full time job, I would take any any work for you know writing and also you know shooting. So I end up um, you know through other publications. I heard about the Skip Barber Racing School. They said you should come and take a class and write about it from a woman's perspective. I did the driving school, got hooked. I took the racing school and then got friendly with the instructors and everyone at the school. So then I would trade seat time um, and um, for photos because yeah. I would take pictures at the, at the track. So I did that. This was a very long time ago, but I, I loved it. And then I really started to become a fan of Formula One. So what do you um, like driving around so. New York? I drive um, aggressively, but <laughs> I am a, a very safe. <laughs> I'm a safe driver. I like to say I drive our suburban, and yeah. I think Joe feels quite safe. Oh, I go to sleep. Um, I'm totally confident in terms of my um, my driving skills. But it's um, I'm very grateful because with all the driving schools I've taken. It, you know, where you're on a skid pad, you learn how to drive and, you know, uh, you, know, and, you know, when they slick down the, the track. So I, I feel comfortable driving in any kind of weather. And nice. that's, that's a good advantage. So. so by comparison, climbing an antenna is much yeah. safer. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say that. Uh, if I had a chance to get back into a race car, I think I would. Yeah. But it's just that was... You know, that was certainly not competitive just within the school itself. Yeah. It was competitive. So it, cool. was, it was great fun. And yeah. So the fun thing is I'm actually still climbing antennas. I climbed uh, one of the most powerful antennas in New York City about four weeks ago. Oh, really? Haven't been able to publish the pictures yet because the building hasn't signed off on them. 
but I went up with my friend Tom Silliman, who is the president of an outfit called ERI, and it's kind of a niche industry where he designs and repairs antennas. And so he called me up and he said, look, we're, he's got this voice that's like gravel in a bucket. He's this <laughs> dude from Indiana who's this powerful guy, you know, and he goes, oh, I'm, we're climbing uh, the antenna on number four Times Square. You want to come? I'm like, yeah, Tom, I'm down. I'm down. And he got permission for me to climb the antenna uh, from, uh, from the building. And uh, we did not get to the top because it was too windy. Right. Um, I went up there with two electricians, and we were on the, the last ice shield about 75 feet short of the top. And we just hooked on, and the wind was over 35 miles an hour, and the antenna was moving. And, and they just said, not too dangerous to keep going. But I made some decent pictures. Haven't been able to show them to anyone yet because we're still waiting for the building has to sign off yeah. on it yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But... Um, yeah, so we're still well, at Tom it, Cruise you know? of photography world. I was going to say, yeah. Joe yeah. <laughs> 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 the stuntman. <laughs> um, uh, why do they need those photographs? Um, well, they go up themselves and they do photographic documentation of the antenna as they go up. Because there's erosion, paint is chipping off, something might be getting weak. Uh, I just go up um, because the... This in this instance, I was given permission by the guy who runs the corporation that owns the building because I promised him a you know a wall a wall print you know a yeah. twenty by twenty four from the top of his building, and you know these gentlemen who own buildings in New York are not without their ego you know and they're like yeah I like a nice picture you know yeah. so I said fine let me climb your building I'll give you a picture. And then uh, I'll figure out what to do with the photographs afterwards. So your business card now is Joe McNally, the antenna guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll go where others fear to trade or climb. <laughs> it's fun. It, it it's can be fun. It, it can be really difficult sometimes. This this past climb was extremely difficult. Um, but, yeah. But I did come home. I remember I was pretty exhausted. I looked at Annie and I said, I think I just climbed my last antenna. You know. So We've all said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't believe that's going to be the last one. Yeah, you're like the, the Rolling yeah. Stones farewell tour then. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. So what have you got in store for 2019 then? So you can have a break now. Yeah, we're going to um we're going kind of yeah. down into a quiet zone a little bit mm -hmm. for the remainder remainder of the year. Uh, we kick off right away again the first week of January. We're going to be at CES. Yeah. Uh, Nikon is still putting on a, a push on the Z cameras. They're very, or, or Z cameras, as you would say over yeah. here. Um, they're very important to the company's future. Very good camera. Uh, and so they're still asking the Nikon ambassadors, you know, to step forward and, you know, uh, talk about the camera, use yeah. it, mm -hmm. you know, push it, you know. So I've been doing a lot of work with that. Yeah, Joe, just on that subject then, because obviously it's it's a new thing now for Nick on this mirrorless. Is that something, because uh, obviously we've just met you by the Winston Churchill statue there, and I see your, the, the Z camera around your shoulders yeah. there. Has it changed? Uh, can you see potential for how you could possibly change the way you're working? Is it? Can you see that? It already has. Oh, okay. It already has. It's it's a light, fast camera. It's very adaptable to the street. And I've told Andy, I said I I, I feel like uh, I got some new wind in my sails. It's a. It's something new to learn. Yeah. Um, B. The the EVF experience at camera is very different from the traditional DSLR. Yes. Yeah. 
and then it has certain strengths that I think are uh, very salient. Uh, the silent nature of it, you know, is is maybe not as important to me as it might be to some other photographers, but the smallness of it. Like I just did a thing with a jazz saxophonist in New York for the Atlantic magazine, and that's going to come out, you know, quite soon. And I was photographing him on the street. I haven't really done just knocking around the street mm. kind of photography in a long time. And it's not the kind of thing you want to do with a D5. Let's face it. Yeah. D5 is a flagship workhorse camera. You know, that's like a camera you bring to the Olympics. Yeah. If you're just going to wander the streets, you probably don't want that camera for that yeah. purpose. Yeah. This is much more adaptable. So I really feel, you know, like, yeah, it's cool. It's I, I love fun. it. I mean, it's kind of, you hear so many different opinions on it, but yeah. things like, not just the Nikon, but all the other mirrorless cameras mm-hmm. out there, like the Sonys and the Fujis and what have you. I love that EVF. I, I really do like that. What you see is what you get. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. There's this, the, the way the, the Nikon is set up, you, it's, it's kind of like a command center. You have an information button. So I find I put my eye into the EVF. I never have to take it away because yeah. I release the shutter and the picture scrolls in front of me, pops up, and then I hit an information button. I have all my adjustable items that I want to maybe change. And then I hit my, uh, my function button. And I ha- if I'm shooting flash, I have my exposure grid come up right in the EVF. I don't have to pull my eye away from the camera. So it's actually really quite cool. So this, is, this is great to hear for someone who's been in photography for as long as you have. And here we are, you know, kind of saying there's a new piece of technology come out. And people say, oh, you don't need all the bells and whistles. You know, photography is still photography. But now they've got a mirrorless camera and you're saying that it's almost like reigniting you and you're sort of seeing possibilities. That's, I mean, that's really encouraging to hear that. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I really am. Um, and uh, I shot the D850 at the workshops here, uh, but that's the first time I've used my D850 in probably three months. Mm. Wow, okay. You know, so. It still doesn't get past the security in the Houses of Parliament then. No, no, no but, but, it, but it was cool. I had the pop-up LCD, you know, and um, I had the camera on my knees, and I'm looking at the at the LCD. It's looking trying I'm to make just, out you weren't doing anything, and I'm just kind of <laughs> wandering around. You know, I, I I I can look stupid really, really easily. You know, like I'm just yeah, mouth is slightly open, like oh wow, look at this, and I'm shooting at the same time, and I got like yeah. two or three hundred frames out of places that I wasn't supposed to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> what, am I supposed to say I, that? I was not, I was not there with Joe today, just no, so we're, just so we're clear in case. That was Joe McNally. He was in Parliament today. It's fair. We, went to, uh, we took the kids to a historic place, and it was one of those where they've got all these old antiques and things in. So they say, like, no flash photography. And, you know, no, they just say, no flash photography. The light ruins it. And then we go in this room, and they had these little um, figures, like these old 1700s doll houses. And there was a sign that says you can use the torch on your phone to see more of the... So, hang on a minute. So, I can't take a photograph of my flash, but I can put the light, my flashlight on and just stand and hold it there for 10 minutes. But the guy was just didn't... Un, yeah. It was... Nah, can't, you can't... No, put your phone away. Mm-hmm. Don't, get, don't get it out. But you can use it for a torch. So, I just took like some photograph. <laughs> lit it up. At least that's a good thing with the phone is you can stand there and, and as long as you know what you point at, you just put your finger on and just go. Yeah, it's, I mean, pe- people look at you sometimes like you're the enemy as a photographer nowadays. That's a yeah. little bit daunting. It's like much easier to just put a blanket rule up, no photography. 
you know, yeah, and yeah. so I think people tend to do that yeah. because dealing with photographers, right, we're a pain in the butt. You know, can I walk over here? Can I stand over here? Yeah. Can I get past that rope? Um, do you have a ladder? Um, you know, I mean, we're pains in the butt, you know, <laughs> to have around sometimes because we want to get a different view. Yeah. And that can, if people don't understand the value of that, that's why just harking back to the climbing thing, um, I just so much miss him. The, when I climbed the Empire State Building, there was a, he was a classic gentleman of New York. His name was Alex Smirnoff, and sadly he passed away. But he ran the mast operations at the Empire State Building. But he also intuitively knew that the Empire State Building was part of the visual fabric of New York yeah. and the history of the city. And he knew it was built to be photographed. Mm. And so I climbed all over that antenna. I've been up and down to the top of that antenna at least four times. I would go up with the iron workers. My name is not on a single permission or insurance form. He would just say, harness up and go climb. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, had, I put a skier on the edge of the building. I slung myself over the side of that building with Tom, who was doing um, metal grinding. You know, we're dangling 105 stories up. My name's not on a single sheet of paper, you know. It didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. These aren't the droids you're looking yeah. for. <laughs> so, but that era, sadly, is gone. I mean, now, most of the time, you have to sign your life away, and most of the time, you'll still hear no. Yeah, and I think it is a shame that, you know, I'm just a casual photographer. I mean, this is, my phone is, is my camera, but I think it is a shame when you do get to go to some really beautiful places and once-in-a-lifetime things, and you and you are treated like it's probably it, probably some places America it's easier to get a gun out than it will be a camera. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Are you kidding me? God Almighty! God forbid! Sadly, yes. Yeah, no. You go into you know some shop and some places in the United States, it's like, yeah, I'll have a loaf of bread, some butter, that shotgun, <laughs> uh, twenty shells. Oh, uh, maybe I'll I'll take the uzi as well that that'd be good you know yeah. uh, uh honey you want a revolver or an automatic <laughs> i mean you know i mean it's like you know it's it's nuts it's nuts but anyway let's move yeah. along yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay cool well, listen we've been joined by mark from laughs delight how you doing and yeah. um, I, I think the night could start to get a little bit messy now so i think we'll probably wrap up yeah okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up listen obviously you've had, a, you've had a busy day this is the end of your kind of time here in the UK you've now's the time for you to chill out and relax now you've finished all the teaching and yeah because tomorrow you're off to Paris we go to Paris tomorrow yeah. we're uh, first time ever on the train so that yeah, should be I'm kind of fun you know we never tried that before the channel and we're going to have a wonderful romantic dinner in Paris yeah and yeah. tour I've heard around it's a quiet bit. in Paris this time of year very quiet not a lot going on <laughs> yes, that's what we hear too. We, we've seen the the Eiffel Tower shrouded in tear gas and Flames. yeah. So we have, you know, oh god, no, we just you know, we uh, we we trust in things. You know, we we'll yeah. just go forward and we'll figure it out yeah. and it'll be fine. If you want to avoid it, you can avoid it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then we come back and we have a few days here as well. And we actually, I just tip of the hat to the UK. We just we love coming here. We really do. Yeah, this has definitely been our highlight. And we're not just okay. saying that, right? Because, I mean, we kind of look, you know, th uh, all year 
you know, to this time yeah. here. So it kind of, you know, no, it's like a push. And then we were so. talking about when we were walking over to get the cab to come here about visiting other places, yeah. like the Devon, the Cornwall, the West Wales. Yeah. You've got to go and do those places. I'd love to. Yeah. I know it's busy with the diaries to. getting filled up. But I'd, be, I'd yeah. love to be able to, I'd love to know that you'd seen these places because, we get, you know, we get friends coming over from the US and everyone naturally sort of migrates towards London because yeah. as you would. Uh, but I'd love to know that you'd seen places like yeah. Devon. It's like going back a hundred years. Coalville. It's just... Col- yeah, Coalville. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Annie and I are talking about visiting Wales in the spring. Oh, superb. We'd love to go to Wales. Yeah. One of the big regrets of my career, small, big, however you want to scale it, I, was, I worked very steadily for People Magazine back in the 80s. Yeah. It's a wonderful magazine to work for. It was black and white. And really got some good stories going, you know. But then I also got involved in commercial and corporate work. And I was completely booked for an entire month, which was a wonderful month. I was shooting the New York Stock Exchange and a report. And People Magazine approached me to go to Richard Burton's hometown in Wales. It was after his death. And they wanted me just to go and spend a week there and shoot a mood piece. No agenda. You know, shoot a doorknob, shoot a beach, shoot mm. a, a sky, whatever, just to come across with a mood of the place. And I had to turn it down. So I've oh. never been to Wales. And so we're trying to fix that now. Oh, you'll love it. I was saying yeah, to Annie when we were walking, wasn't I, saying that you can go to the northeast, south and west, and each area is completely different. North Wales, beautiful Snowdonia National Park. Then you come down the coast on the west-hand side. On the west, you've got the Pembrokeshire coastline. Mm. You go inland, you've got Brecon Beacons. It's just gorgeous. You'll, you'll love it. You'll yeah. love well, it. that's on the list. I'm going to yeah. hit you up for recommendations. Well, yeah, we're moving there next year. So okay. so next year, mm. the podcast will come from Wales. Nice. Yes. Okay. Okay. Top of Snowdonia <laughs> National Park. <laughs> <laughs> episode 100. Yeah. So we'll celebrate 100,000 with Joe. We'll celebrate episode 100. Actually, they've got one of the fastest. You're I mean, a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Both of you adrenaline junkies. They've got one of the fastest and longest zip lines. In Snowdonia. Really? Yeah. I've never done that. Very, very good. Oh, I mean, you you actually go in the Superman uh, position and you go for about is it a mile, more than a mile you go down. Oh, wow. All right, I'm going to look that up. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, that's cool. on the list. That's that on the list. Cool. Okay, that's, I guarantee that's I'll the be list. there watching you. Dave's going to be filming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, Joe, Annie, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation again. Yeah, no, it's been fun. You guys are a great team. I just got to say back to both of you, you're you're a couple of the most decent guys I've ever met in this industry. You're down to earth. You're funny, you know. um, And Glenn, you've stopped beating Dave. I think that's a positive step. Yeah, he started to get into line, so I didn't have to do it quite so so much. You missed a bit off the bottom of what we wrote there. And 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 (laughs) (laughs) no, thank you. It means a lot coming from you too. In addition, oh, here it is. (laughs) Glenn and Dave are a couple of the most handsome men on the planet. Planet. They're incredibly talented. That's on my list, Joe. I'm supposed to say that's in there. Yeah, well. that was like that. <laughs> nice one. All right, brilliant. No, thank, thank you, you and uh, enjoy the rest of the trip, and we'll see you the next time you're on. All Sounds right. good. All right, that's a date. Cool. All right, take care.